0: through
1: that, even as I meet with different organizations and their leadership um, the great connections we've been making in our community, showing them that we care for them, that we love the people of this community, and that we want to see them well, we want to see them do well, and uh, so we're helping them in our time, we help them by giving what we've been giving to our profits of the store, you know, in the store we just literally take in donations and things sometimes fix them, repair them, paint them clean them, which uh, Regina does a lot of that down there too and, uh, but we, we do a lot of those things, and then we put them in the store, and all of our profits go right back to the community. So um, these, these servants that you just saw stand, there, there, many who couldn't be here today, are those that are literally giving their time to, uh, to do this. And uh, so it's a huge thing. It's a huge outreach to our community. And um, so I just want to recognize their awesome work, and we have we really worked through them in powerful ways. And uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, we have reason to celebrate, for sure. But we're also, as we've been praying as a church, we're praying for more, right? Infinitely more. And uh, I just want to, I guess, make you aware that we're still in need of some help in, with over store We have three-hour shifts. We're only open three days a week. So imagine giving all of that money on just three days a week that we, you know, as far as our profits go. And uh, the, the shifts are from 10 to 1 and 1 to 4, and we just need somebody to take one shift you know, every so often if you're willing to do that, what I'd like you to do is just take one of those connection cards right in front of you, right on the back. I would like to help with Hope Restored, because we need some help if we want to continue opening up. We have some people that are going to be on the way for a few months, uh, you know, leaving the winter and going to warmer places, and we have other volunteers that are not even part of our church, but they want to serve our community, and they're doing it through us. They're doing it through Hope Restored. If you know of anyone who's uh, wanting to do something like that and wants to get back to their community, looking for an opportunity to do that, please write them down as well. Or talk, have them talk to us. Or give me some information on them. I'd love to follow up. And we just want to continue to see that momentum go. We want to continue to give back. We want to continue to show our community that we love them and we're for them. So I just want to, uh, if you're interested in that, helping in any way, we can train you. We can show you how to do things. Just write your name and your contact information on the back of the connection card. Say, I'm interested in that. By the way, I'm Pastor John. Just in case you didn't know, yeah. but, uh, this guy up here just speaking. And I uh, want to thank you for being here this morning. If you have any guests, you'll notice that same connection card I just referred to for Home Restore is a card for you. And you can take if you can take a few moments during the service at any point, fill that out. On your way out, there's an offering box right here. You can drop it right in the offering box. And if you have any questions about our church or things like that, I want to be able to contact you and connect with you. And. Uh, Really connect with you on that, so. Now, this morning's message in this series is called More. We've been going from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, and uh, this morning's More is More Holy Spirit, More Harvest. More Holy Spirit, More Harvest. As we begin our journey into 2023, God has been speaking some things into my spirit as I pray over you, and as I pray over this church. Things that I'm believing for. Things that I'm trusting God for. Last week, again, I encourage you to continue and to start praying Ephesians 3, 14-21 over your home, over your family, and over our church. I believe that God has more for us in 2023. And I believe that God has more for you in 2023. That's why I challenge you to pray this. Pray it in faith. Pray it believing that God can, in fact, do anything more than we could ever ask or imagine. Pray God for great things. Pray to God for great things. great things. See, we are a church that believes that prayer changes things. And when we begin to pray this together, there's no telling what God can do for our prayers. When we begin to unite in prayer together, saying the same thing, believing God for greater things, believing God for these things in this next year, this will not just be a normal year not be just another get through the year and look back and wonder what happened last year. Several months ago, I, I shared that I believe that God was beginning to shift something in our church with a renewed emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit was given to us to be our helper, especially in the times that we're living in right now, to lead us into all truth, to empower us to be witnesses for Christ. And we need direction when it comes we need to be able to stand solidly on God's word and this will be speaking to us through it. And I believe that this morning. But I also believe that there are many Christians who are living in the, in the in-between. Let me explain what I mean by that. There is a period in scripture, after the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ, where believers in Christ were Jesus instructed them to wait in Jerusalem for the Father to send the promised Holy Spirit to them. And many Christians are living in the in between because they believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They believe that. They are saved. They have the Holy Spirit in them, but they have yet to experience Pentecost, what the book of Acts calls the baptism of the Spirit. So they met together. These were the believers meeting together in an upper room. They were sitting on a promise, and they were acting in faith. They were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit to be sent to them. So they met together, they prayed, and they waited. They waited for the promise that Jesus said was about to come. When we read the Acts of the Apostles in God's Word, it's the account of the work of the church, acted an active encounter with the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit was working in and through the church as they did ministry, as they were became witnesses to all the world. See, the Holy Spirit was the heartbeat of the church, and it was driving the mission for the lost. Let's read together in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says, once when he was eating with them. He commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking Him, Lord, has the the time come for you to free Israel or to restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Just Just a side note I love how the disciples hear in this passage what was their question to Jesus? When will the end times come? When will you finally take over? Has our time come for to build a kingdom? And so said that, that's not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Changes the subject, brings them back to the main point. want to so say more of the Spirit? Spirit. Some would say, well, we don't need any more of the Holy Spirit than we have right now. We receive the Holy Spirit when we are saved, and when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, we receive the Holy Spirit. And I agree with you. We receive the Holy Spirit and accept it. We Jesus Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. And there's no question on my mind that when we are saved, we receive. passage in the book of john that i remember seeing this as a student in college and i remember just pouring over this passage and reading everything i could about what they said here it seems to mess with the theology of my in this passage jesus appears to his disciples after his death and resurrection john chapter 20 verses 20 through 22 it says as he spoke he showed them the wounds in his hands and his sides they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now you may have noticed that there were no tons of fire. There was no mighty rushing wind. There were not even people to preach to at this moment. And when we look at the context, what, appears to, what this appears to be is a moment of belief. This is why Jesus showed them the wound at his side, so that they would believe. They would trust that he did, in fact, die and rise from the dead. And it said that Jesus breathed in his spirit into them. Now, was this the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Or was this the Holy Spirit in fire that was prophesied by John? Baptized with water, but one who is coming will baptize you with spirit and with fire. Was this what they had been waiting for all along? Did this fulfill the promise? Well, it doesn't appear to be the case. Because in Acts 2, we still have followers of Christ in a room waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And there's this passage in Ephesians. It also says, Do not be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And many Greek scholars would say that it not only just means be filled, but it's a continuing action, which means keep on being filled. It's not a one-time thing, but keep on being filled. So do we have all the spirit that we need? We have all the spirit that we need to be saved. In verse 5 it says, in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. More specifically, you will receive power to be his witnesses. What this says to us is twofold. You don't have to rely on your own power or your own words to save him. second thing is we do not have to be afraid to witness, because the Holy Spirit gives us the power, gives us the ability, and gives us the words to be a witness. See, if the Holy Spirit has given us words to speak, then we don't have to worry about saying the wrong thing. But we need to be a willing vessel to speak. That's why He has called us to be witnesses. All of us. Not just pastors. Not just evangelists as missionaries, we are all called to be his witnesses. Every follower of Jesus Christ should also be a witness of Jesus Christ. A witness does not stay silent about what they know, or what they've seen, or what they've heard. They have to tell it. This week, I've been called as a witness to a hit-and-run tomorrow at the Falmouth District Court. And as a witness... It's not my job to tell things I don't know or to think what I may have seen. Or tell what I think I may have noticed. You
0: know, as a witness,
1: I tell what I saw, I tell what I experienced, I tell what I heard, and I tell what I know. And it's the same with our faith. As witnesses of Jesus Christ, we don't have to worry about what we don't know. Because isn't that the thing that keeps us back usually? I'm worried about what I don't know. What if they say this? What if they ask this question? We don't have to worry about what we don't know. That is often the fear. that keeps us from being the witness that God has called us to be. As a witness, we tell what we know. That should be freeing for some of you. We just tell what we know. We tell what we've experienced, our own testimony, what God has done in us. We tell what we've seen and what we've when we think of baptism, we think of water baptism. So we talk about spirit baptism, we think of water baptism. And we know that the word baptizo is a Greek word that means to submerge. It means to be fully encapsulated or completely under what we do when we baptize them. And one thing we know about being completely submerged if you've been baptized, you know this very well, is that the water pretty much reaches every part of you. You are all wet. There's no part of you that is left dry if it's done properly. Nothing remains dry. Nothing goes untouched by the water. It's no different with the Spirit baptism. Nothing is left dry. Not a dry faith or a religion. Not a boring, dry life. Jesus spoke of rivers of living water. Living water, not dead water. Living water flowing out of us. Not stagnant, still water. And this Holy Spirit baptism brings life change to every part of us. It touches every part. Nothing is left dry. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39 says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into this world. I've been thinking a lot lately about the relationship between the heart and our calling be witnesses. It says you will be my witnesses. And I think of the passage there in Matthew chapter 9 where Jesus said that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. I heard this stated in a slight different way this week. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are in the peace. Many of us heard this passage a million times, and so have I. Lie. Have you ever stopped to ask why? Why are the workers so few? So harvest is a big deal in this culture. Harvest was celebrated. At harvest time, everyone pitches in to make sure that that harvest doesn't go bad. They bring it in quickly and then they celebrate and have throw a big party because of the harvest that was brought in. So, why are the workers so few if the harvest is Is it that we don't have enough information on the harvest? Maybe not enough books about the harvest? Is that we've never heard that we're supposed to be? we just not have that time for the harvest? What is keeping us in the fields? Maybe part of the problem is that we view the field as a place that we go to, an out-of-the-way place. But actually, your field is every place you step. It's every place that you are. It's every person you're connected with. It's every person you know, every family member that you're connected with. Your harvest, your field is all around you. You don't have to go somewhere to where you work, where you eat, where you volunteer, where you shop, the family and friends that you have, and if it's all around us, why not harvest? Why not work? The very next verse tells us to pray to the Lord of the Harvest and ask Him to send more workers into the fields. And my challenge to you this morning is: He already has. You are already in your field. You are the more workers. Someone else. I want to make it very clear. God's word tells us that we are his witnesses. You are his witnesses. We don't need to wait for another witness. We're there. We're in the field already. It's surrounding us. And maybe or maybe part of the why the workers are few is that we see the There was a few because our heart for the harvest is stopped. Our heart for the harvest has stopped. People all, all over our nation were horrified last Sunday night when a 24 year old man from the Buffalo Bills, Lamar Hamlin, mm-hmm. suddenly dropped down after making a tackle and weighed most of the Many people went to prayer for this night, including teammates, sports commentators. No longer about sports and their team. it was life and death. Even last night, before the Jaguars and Titans game, players from both teams gathered before the game, and they were No one was prepared for what happened, or what happened. The teams weren't prepared for this. The NFL didn't know what to do. The refs certainly had no clue what to do in the situation. The coaches, the sports commentators were. when the heart stops. So we found out that we went to And he went to prayer and continued prayers of that. And then you know, it was, he's not going to die, then what kind of limitations are going to be? What kind of impact is that going to have her on the bring other things? So, I tell you, it's going to be fully alive and well, screaming well, and, uh, and God is still. To God, thing. I remember praying out that, that night when I was watching the game. Before I went to bed, I said, what? skeptical of the day they do. It's hard to trust people. It's hard to know if people really need help or they're just taking advantage. I find it interesting that Jesus said that rivers of living water flow in our hearts. See, there are a number of things you See, the Holy Spirit brings change in us so that we can be a witness to what God has done in us. In order to be a witness, you have to see something. You have to experience something. It. It's the change in you. It is that experience. The Lord called to be witnesses. So we need the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. We may just need a heart transfer. Ezekiel 36, 25 and 27 says, then I will sprinkle. And you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. Like and I will give you a new heart. And I will give put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and give you a tender responsibility. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my That harvest stone with something that is in and responsible. Isn't that the heart that we need us all to Christ? This is a heart for the harvest, a heart for the things of God, a heart for the people that God so loved that He sent us since. And why, why do you put a spirit in us? Why will you put a spirit in us? So that we will follow Mystic. I remember that Jesus kind of made it really simple for us. God led 300 and something decrees. He narrowed it down. To love God with all their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love our neighbors as you love yourself. So he puts his spirit in us so that we can love him more. He puts his spirit in us so that we can love our neighbors more. To love people more. And how do we love them? We love them by Giving them an opportunity to receive eternal life for all eternity, we serve them, we care, we give, we love, we witness. <clears throat> we are snatching them from the grasp of Satan in eternal torment. Now, notice when Jesus speaks, He doesn't distinguish between loving those who are deserving and loving those who are undeserving. In fact, He even told us. Of our enemies. And to do good to those who persecute us. How do we do that? Human nature, there is no way we can do that. How do we do that? Not in our own strength. Amen. We can't do that. It's impossible. But in the book of Acts, ordinary people were able to do extraordinary things.
0: The ministry of the Holy
1: Spirit is not a luxury. It's not an add-on. It's an absolute necessity. So we need to recognize that the harvest is all around us. We need a new heart for the harvest. And we also need to remember that the harvest time is limited. The harvest will stay right for a time, but eventually it becomes too late to harvest. It goes back. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. Tomorrow. So we as followers of Christ need to be working in the fields while we still can. Scripture teaches us that Jesus will return. And there will be a final taking away, a final harvest of all believers. Revelation 14 tells of the last harvest. It's called the harvest of judgment. Revelation 14 verses 14 through 18 says that I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was somewhat like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop of the earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. And then another angel, who had the power to destroy with fire, came to the altar. He shouted to the angel with a sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe and judgment. Every one of us will eventually be harvested. The question is, will it be harvested as a follower Recognize that God has infinitely more for you in this life. More for your family and more for this church. And we need more of His Holy Spirit to send more of His word into the fields before the heart is give this morning. you see. your I do. to be aware. be Or the harvest is The it. And let it be stronger than it has ever been as we approach the time of your return. the It's it's we keep on so that when we're empty, it fills back again. Because it's supposed to be flowing in and out of the of and we see the harvest fields. As a follower of the A great time, well, that yeah. time for to was not- emotional it's a reading called the first passage all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength in the spirit. With his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should all generations forever and ever. Amen. We to say amen. 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 God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you back next week.